0: Hey everyone. So, as a mindset coach, I love when I find people who have used their mindset to completely change their life. And Chris DT Gordon, I use DT because that is the best way to find him on all of his socials. He has done exactly that. So, Chris is a teacher with a twist, his story has a little bit extra. Uh, I can't wait for you to hear it. I hope you enjoyed the interview. Please like and subscribe and ask any questions that you want. I I always love answering questions. All right. Have an amazing day and may it be beautiful. Hey, teachers and parents. So this interview is for you. If you are interested in understanding more about how gratitude works, one of my favorite topics, if you have been thinking about maybe writing a book or becoming a speaker, and if you've been thinking about possibly becoming an online teacher if you're teaching in brick and mortar at the moment. So in this episode, we are talking to Chris DT Gordon, who is a teacher, author, and motivational speaker who created the TAG program, which helps people to understand the power of having the attitude of gratitude. Chris, thank you so much for being on the show today. How's it going?
1: Brissa, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while. And I do want to apologize. I'm not sure if most of your guests dress up for yeah. their conversations with you. <laughs> I'm purposely dressed comfy because I just finished a really long run this morning. And I'm I'm I've been working at recovery. So I'm just exuding relaxation recovery right now with this big old sweatshirt and my sweatpants, which you can't see, but trust <laughs> me, they're there.
0: And I so I'm doing
1: excellently well. Thank you very much.
0: Good. What was your run all about? Are you in, what are you training for?
1: Well, I have a marathon that I'm running on May 4th. And so some of you, some of your ears, those in listen to podcasts, your ears might have perked up when I said that date. Yes, that is Star Wars day, so I do have to wear a Star Wars shirt when I run this marathon. But I am aiming for my main goal is under 3 hours. My 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 goal I'm carrying over from a previous marathon is yeah. to qualify for the Boston Marathon. Okay. And I had actually run a time that was good enough for Boston last year, but they had to add an uh, additional bubble onto the uh, qualifying times because so many people had qualified and that bumped me out. Um. So the day I found that out, I just logged on to a nearby marathons website, got registered and I started my training. And so this morning I ran 20 miles at a comfortable pace. I had a good friend join me for four of those miles before he had to go off and start his day. And so I'm really happy with my effort. I'm also really happy being comfy right now.
0: Yeah, good. I, I agree. I'm with you. And just before we start, I wanted, uh, I'm wanted. i curious. So when you found out that you weren't going to be accepted in the Boston Marathon, just in terms of a mindset perspective, um, was there anything specific that you said to yourself to kind of get over that hurdle? Or how did you... How were you able to sort of move past it without just kind of like throwing your hands up and being like, oh my gosh, well, it's done.
1: <laughs> That's a great question because I could have become very distraught and disenchanted with running with running the marathon, with yeah. that goal. But early on after I had run the race, I looked at the time and I I put in my head, well, this might not hold up. In the past, they've had those additional bubbles that they've put on because of the fact they that the the race directors want to limit the field. Okay. So I had in my head it may not hold, and so I started setting contingency plans. Nice. One of those contingency plans was, well, there's another race that I've always wanted to run that is around the same time the following year that I'll sign up for. And as it turned out, I did not make it, but that race was open. And so I signed up for that race that I really wanted to do because it's much flatter. I've had a good friend run it and he ran his second fastest marathon time there.
0: Wow. And
1: uh, and also uh, additional icing on this cake. Is that if I were to try to find a way to run Boston this coming April, I wouldn't be able to go on a spring break trip with my family because our funds would have been depleted. And so I get to go to spring break with my family and I get to train for the marathon. And, you know, unless something bad happens, knock on wood, (laughs) I will run Boston the following year in 2025.
0: That's it. When it's meant to happen. Right. You'll run it. Absolutely. When it's meant to happen. And I love I love that whole, you know, looking for the positive moments in the situation as it is. Right. Because there's always something to find. Um, it's like the, the in the, the silver lining in the cloud. Right. There's always something to find that's like, oh, well, now I can do this. That's fantastic. I love that. You know. So, yeah. Yes. Great.
1: Good Every awkward. no leads to a yes.
0: Yes, there. Yeah, love that. Um, yeah, we should put it on a T-shirt or something. Um, <laughs> so, Chris, I want to I want to jump in because your story is absolutely fascinating. Um, it's one of the the craziest I've heard in a while. It was like, I, so I really just want you to tell us where did the journey begin?
1: Certainly. <laughs> so, the the event you're referencing, Marissa, started in. March of twenty fifteen. And at that time, my wife and I and our three kids had a pretty solid life. My wife is a teacher at the public school here in southern Minnesota. I, as you said earlier, am an online teacher. Yes, there was online teaching before the pandemic.
0: (laughs) So I don't think a lot of people what's that? I don't think a lot of people actually realized how much online teaching there was before the pandemic.
1: Yes, in fact. My school, which is called Minnesota Virtual Academy, has been in operation for 20 years. Wow. Now, the technology is vastly better than it was back then, (laughs) but there was still that option. So I was teaching there as a middle school special education teacher. And our three kids were really active six-year-old and two-year-old twins. We, you know, we all had our different interests. We all all loved spending time together. So it was a picturesque life for more, you know, for more or less, you know, I mean, we had our issues, but we worked through them and we went on our way. Yeah. So one day as Becky was getting ready to take the kids to daycare and school, respectively, before going to her teaching position, I helped her out by loading the kids into the van. Well, one of our twins was toddling about, which is average for a two-year-old. Yeah. So I picked him up and I started flying him back and forth to our detached garage. I unfortunately went too far to the right and I scraped the back of my right hand on our exterior garage wall. I looked at it and I quoted one of my favorite movies of all time, Tis But a Scratch. <laughs> it wasn't bleeding. Yeah. I could take care of it out. So I put him into the car seat. I kissed them all goodbye. And as as they went on their way, I went on my way back into the house to wash off my hand, put a Band-Aid on it, all the stuff I usually do for cuts and scrapes, and start my day of online teaching. Well, three days later, I wake up to a bump about the size of a lacrosse ball on my right elbow. I go to the urgent care clinic. They say it might be bursitis, but keep an eye on it just in case. So I do. I kept an eye on that bump as the bump grew and grew and grew. Oh my gosh. Until my right arm was 3 times the size of my left. Oh, I wow. like to say that I like to say I, I was the, the incredible Hulk in mid-transformation because the one side was ginormous. The other side was puny human.
0: How did you feel when you saw the bump first?
1: Well, when I saw the bump, I thought it was from an incident uh, the night before when I had gone bowling.
0: Okay. Because
1: uh, Becky's, Becky's school had a wellness event where they went bowling and hung out. And so I, you know, I try to get a seven ten split and yeah. I'm not sure if I may have burst the bursa sack in my, my elbow there. Got it. So I thought maybe that was it. I okay. didn't, I didn't tie it into the fact that it was from the scratch.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That
1: didn't come into play. Uh, so, or I didn't pop into my head. Yeah. So once we procured a babysitter for the kids, Becky to the, took me to the emergency room they admitted me and while they were run, they're running their diagnostics, taking my vitals, they found that I had also gone septic. Oh
0: my god! For those who don't
1: know, sepsis is a reaction that the body has to a foreign agent. Uh, many people go through sepsis shock
0: mm-hmm. or septic
1: shock. And one of the, Results of sepsis is there could be a chemical running through your bloodstream to fight off that foreign agent. However, that alone can kill you.
0: Right. Oh, my
1: gosh. So I had poison coursing through my veins and a ginormous right arm. Oh, my God. Admittedly. Yes. Admittedly, though, Marissa, not the craziest Saturday night I ever experienced. Okay. Wow. We were... But- that's going to
0: yeah, have to be about. in another podcast. <laughs> We're we'll have to talk about that Yes, <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give those other stories at another time. <laughs> so they obviously keep me overnight for observation. In the morning, that attending doctor walks up to my hospital bed and says something I will never forget. She said, Mr. Gordon, this is beyond us. <clears throat> we can do nothing more for you here. <clears throat> Where do you want to go? Now I live in Minnesota, and some some people may know that also in Minnesota is the Mayo Clinic.
0: Okay in Rochester,
1: Minnesota. It's a world-renowned facility. and, And to so much so that you know there are certain countries that send their royalty to mayo for their health needs wow so and not only is it is rochester minnesota home to the uh one of the greatest hospitals in the world it's also home to my parents (laughs) technically becky's parents but we're very close
0: yeah yeah. so
1: i knew that they would be able to take becky the kids and max the dog for the i was sure two or three days this would take to resolve itself you know me being a Social education teacher, my vast medical knowledge. <laughs> so I call Becky, I tell her the situation. Then the hospital staff loads me up into an ambulance, drives me to the municipal airport. And then I am flown to Rochester, where they take me to the St. Mary's Hospital, which is the flagship facility within the Mayo system. And it's there. That they diagnosed me with necrotizing fasciitis, also known as flesh-eating bacteria.
0: Oh my gosh, Chris! Like just hearing those words, it's—I'm like, oh my god! Like, oh, what do you do in that moment?
1: Well, at the time, I, I, I accepted the reality, and I was ready to do whatever needed to be done.
0: Okay. One
1: part of me was thinking, you know, it's a really good, really good fact that I, a really good uh, thing that I am a fan of superheroes, because this is a great origin story. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, radioactive spider bite, gamma radiation. (laughs) bacteria yeah I mean, well it's right up there
0: there you it go it's like on. yeah but DC and you know, Marvel fight. they're gonna fight over who gets that one
1: <laughs> exactly I'm, I mean I look like the next Deadpool yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I was very accepting that well I'm at the best hospital in the world and I have a strong spiritual faith so I'm just going to trust the doctors and put it in their hands and put it in God's hands and whatever happens happens. Yeah. In fact, I I became a little gung ho about getting into the surgery, the first surgery so much so that I I I think I freaked out the surgeon a bit. Okay. <laughs> because they had already put me on painkillers, so I was starting to hallucinate a bit and I was getting very uh, flippant, not okay. not not in a rude way, but in a very gung ho. Let's do this! Yeah, <laughs> attitude. I'm ready. The doctor doctors used to people crying and asking are yeah. they gonna die, and I'm like, I will give me that scalpel. I will do it myself. Let's yeah.
0: go. <laughs> oh my god! So
1: I was I yeah. was ready to go, and so they brought me into surgery for the first of numerous surgeries. And I was in a coma from that moment for five days.
0: Wow. Five so, days. Oh my gosh. That is just unbelievable. So, when you came out of the coma, did you remember anything? Or,
1: I, the first thing I recall after waking me up from the coma was thinking, why am I being covered in green liquid? I thought I was at the bottom of a water slide. Wow. It turns out there are no water slides in the hospital.
0: That is I, I was wondering about that exact same thing, yeah, right? Like, I didn't I sign, I, I sure. didn't sign
1: up for you know some kind of aqua class. Yeah. I was throwing up <laughs> CT fluid.
0: Oh my and, word, no way. Yeah.
1: And but the funny thing is, CT fluid is clear. I have no idea where the green color came from, but I am spewing out this liquid. I am not as jovial and gregarious as I usually am. I am quite grumpy.
0: Oh my gosh. And CT fluid, is that from um it's is that from the opera the operation basically? It's so from... they
1: can it's so they can see, you know, scans of my body and and you know right. and, and just keep an eye on things. So I'm I'm throwing I'm basically throwing a fit. I scared one nurse who uh, to quote uh, the movie clerks wasn't even supposed to be there that day. Oh, yeah. So and then I see the, uh, a person I wasn't expecting to see at all. My brother, Jeff. Okay. Who lives in Michigan. Not Minnesota. Oh, so that's not me out a bit. Yeah. Turns out as soon as my uh, as soon as Becky got off the phone with me she called Jeff. Okay. And as soon as she told Jeff what was going on, she then, um, he then found the first flight out of Grand Rapids, Michigan right. to the Twin Cities. And it took a shuttle down to Rochester and ended up spending the a week and a half with us.
0: Okay. Wow.
1: Sometimes sleeping overnight in the hospital so he can get the latest updates on my condition.
0: Oh my gosh! Well, thank goodness oh. he was able to do that, right? Like, and yes, and be yes, there. because
1: he's the one who called Becky to tell, uh, tell her that I was awake. Okay. So she and uh, Dad came up from the house, and we talked for about twenty minutes. It was not that long because they wanted me to rest, right? So they leave, and I am left there with my new body. Can you explain
0: that when you say new body? So the the arm, like what was the do you remember? Could you oh yes,
1: I should I should tell you all the fascinating changes that happened in that five (laughs) days. Okay. So first of all, they had to address the arm, shoulder, chest, and back, because that was the part that had the fleshy bacteria. So they debriefed that area. They removed all the infected skin, tissue, and bacteria from The arm, shoulder, chest, and back. Okay. Once they did that, they found that my arm should be amputated. In (gasps) fact, they (sighs) were planning on it. The infection had gone so far into my arm that that was the second surgery. They were going to amputate. But as you see, spoiler alert. Spoiler
0: did. Did not.
1: Because- the occupational therapist in, in attendance saw that I still had hand function.
0: Okay. Yeah, thank it, goodness it, for it, that yeah. person.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Love I, that I person. gave her a high five.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so what they elected to do is they removed a, I'm, I'm going to have to do the, uh, uh, the conversion in my head, uh, cause it's a 15 inch by four inch flap of skin. So it'd be like a, Forty centimeter by ten centimeter, something wow, around there.
0: Okay, okay. Lap so... of skin
1: and tissue from my left thigh, and place it in my right hand and forearm. Oh my gosh! Here. So since this is my thigh on my hand, right? I call this my thand. Your thand. <laughs> copyright pending.
0: Yeah. Well. Yeah. Definitely.
1: Yeah. I would definitely so, copyright that. So yes. Arm is saved. That is, but now is it, I have a giant hole in my leg. My gosh, and they won't let you have a giant hole in your leg, Marissa.
0: No, let no, no me just like how go home cool and go on your you. life, right? Go on with your life. Yeah,
1: you know, hey, hey, there's flappy thigh over there. Yeah, no, <laughs> they won't let it happen. So, what they did was they removed my vastus lateralis, which is the outermost quadricep muscle. In your okay. thigh.
0: Okay. I was wondering for a sec because my medical jargon is a little bit rusty. So, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, so on the thigh.
1: Yeah. So it's the outermost quadriceps muscle. They took it out. Wow.
0: So my
1: quad is now a try.
0: Oh my gosh. Then
1: they took knobs on either side and installed knobs on either side of my wound. And wow. then they. <clears throat> Installed a a shoestring type contraption called a Jacob's Ladder. Okay. And put that on the inside. So they would tighten the knobs over time to close the wound.
0: Wow. So did you have to go back into the hospital consistently for them to tighten the knobs? Or was that, did you have to remain in the hospital? Like they wouldn't let you leave until that was sorted?
1: I was in the hospital for more than two months. okay. And oh so yeah they 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 yeah, they like their knobs. they're not're <laughs> not gonna let me leave the hospital with knobs.
0: Got it got so, it.
1: <laughs> yeah, so that was a whole thing. So uh, oh. yeah they so that took a couple of weeks for that to uh finally heal up. And then there's the matter that had all this infected skin and tissue that was still, you know, open and not covered because of the surgeries. So they took a skin graft harvester, or as I like to call it, a cheese slicer on steroids. Oh my gosh, that does
0: not sound good.
1: <laughs> and ran it up and down my back and my thighs. Oh! So they could take skin graft harvestings and place it on my arm, shoulder, chest, and back. And, but what they did first is they, I can't, I'm not sure if the lights are you know too bright, but they're um it actually looks much better than I used to, but they have a um a, a base layer called Integra,
0: okay,
1: which they put underneath here and it looks like scales. I look very scaly Wow! and and so they put it down and then they put these skin grafts over over top of the Integra right. So and they, the they kind of drew your skin they, back well, it's not. I can't grow my skin back. It's just new skin.
0: Okay. Okay. I see what you're saying. Okay. I got yeah. You.
1: So, so all these, all the skin grafts came from my back and my thighs. Right. Yeah.
0: Okay. I see.
1: Yeah, and they were really worried about the the elbow because it's a very tricky angle. But thankfully, they are again world renowned. Yeah. It it all took in one go.
0: Wow. So.
1: I didn't have to go back after my discharge to, to get, you know, touch-ups on the skin grafts. The only time the skin grafts really bother me is when I bump the elbow and it bleeds because skin grafts have very, very few nerve endings. Okay. So, so you don't like feel when it. I go sweating with my kids and they're on top of me, we hit a bump and we land, I don't feel any pain. Right. But I'll come home. I'll take off our sweat, uh, our you know, our snow gear and sweatshirts, and I'll touch my arm, and it'll feel wet,
0: really, because I
1: gashed it open. But I didn't know that because it didn't hurt. And it was hard enough for me to tan as a ginger before. Yes, is outright impossible now. Okay. <laughs> So I just slather on sunscreen whenever I go outside.
0: Yeah, it's probably not actually good for you to do too much tanning anyway. Like,
1: yeah, you know, yeah. So, better I, to I, keep your skin,
0: yeah. you know, covered and it's good.
1: Oh, yeah. We buy stock, we buy stock and copper tone. Yeah. <laughs> the sun, the sun, you know, the sunscreen, not the sun tan lotion.
0: Yes, 100%. Yeah. So,
1: so, so going
0: back. Yeah.
1: So, thank you very much for asking about all the surgeries. So going back to the moment when Becky, dad, and Jeff had left, all that infected or all that uh, fleshy bacteria was out of my body, the physical bacteria.
0: Okay. But
1: now I had what's called personal bacteria. Yep. Thoughts and ruminations and questions to which I had no answers. Questions like, what am I going to be able to do with my new body when I recover, if I fully recover? Yeah. How am I going to relate to Becky, the kid, other family members and friends, my colleagues, my students? Mm -hmm. What's my mindset going to be like if I get another scratch or if I come upon a stressful situation? And I had all of these questions swirling around my head and with when you have no answers to questions, Marissa, mm-hmm. it starts putting you into a very negative space.
0: yeah, I was just gonna say that the negative like you your mind automatically you're weighing up both options, right? But for so many of those answers, it's so it's it's common for us to go to that space because it's the unknown because you don't know. So it's yes. hard to actually put yourself in that positive step and said, no, 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 it's going to be great, it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm.
1: And previously, the only time I had ever spent a night in the hospital was when I stayed overnight when Becky gave birth to our first kid. I, yeah. I thankfully had been a very healthy person until that point, no allergies, very, you know, any any scrapes or uh, fractures. Were outpatient types of situations. I never had to spend a night in the hospital until then.
0: Okay. I guess you could say I
1: saved it all up for a special. I I guess so.
0: I guess special occasions. (laughs) You got like extra time, full party in there.
1: When most people turn 40, they go through, you know, midlife crisis.
0: Not cheap, sports
1: car. They have, you know, they might, you know, their eye may stray, whatever. Me, I got no. a fleshy bacteria. That's it. I'm going exactly. big.
0: that's it. You go, yeah. go big or go home, right? You, I mean, exactly. you gotta like you gotta have a story to tell, or it's like why? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I went go big, I went big and went to the hospital. Yeah. So I had all of that negativity starting to ruminate in my mind. Even when I was like interacting with people, I would like I put a smile on, but I still had those nagging thoughts of, okay, what's going to happen when I am discharged? You know, what's go? you know, right. how am I going to handle things then? But thankfully I didn't have to ruminate on those questions for long because a day or so later, Becky had come to see me mm-hmm. and she started telling me about all the wonderful things that are friends and family and colleagues and other people were doing for us. For example, our neighbors were snow blowing our driveway and shoveling our walkways. I mean, it was April, you know, late March, early April. And we're having this conversation, but in Minnesota, that's basically winter round two. Yeah. Usually. Um, We had the local law enforcement was keeping tabs on the house Because the the term flesh eating bacteria spreads through the spreads through the community as quickly as the bacteria spreads through your body. I I was just thinking, yeah. Everyone knew what was going on with us, so they knew the house was vacant. So the law enforcement was keeping an eye on it. Uh, But you know, in Rochester, my colleagues from my school were stopping by our parents' house to play with the kids, to donate oh, some so clothing nice. and food and toys because Becky had uh got had gotten them ready in such a rush. Mm-hmm. We didn't they didn't pack for a two week stay, which it turned out to be for them.
0: Exactly.
1: My brother when he flew in from Michigan, he picked up an iPad so I could have something to entertain myself with. That Even my sense. my school laptop was too big. And too cumbersome to put on my my legs because of the surgery. Yeah. One of Becky's uh, classmates from high school started a GoFundMe account, which actually raised enough money to offset the lost wages I had incurred from my hospitalization. Because I didn't have enough sick days.
0: That is incredible.
1: When she told me all of those things that people are doing for us. I, I felt, not only did I feel that personal bacteria wash away, but I felt a responsibility to not let this second chance go to waste.
0: Yeah.
1: All of these people sacrificed their time, their treasure, their talent to make sure that we were okay.
0: Yeah.
1: And so I was not going to let this second chance go by without making it worth their while. And it's then that I created what I now call the attitude of gratitude. But it initially started with three questions. Okay. But these were questions I could answer.
0: Okay, great. Okay, I love
1: these. My first question was, what good things did I have in my life? Now, Marissa, when I ask you that question, what what do you answer with? What are good things in your life?
0: So, so many, but um, definitely the roof over my head, my husband, my cats, who always bring me joy, my um, my brain cells, which I always give a lot of thanks for because they're like I love I love that I'm a thinker and I love that I love to learn. Um, my uh, you know my car that gets me from a to b my legs for letting me run with my friend three times a week i really could go on
1: <laughs> that's great and those are the things i thought of as well you know my my faith my family my friends my house my job my you know i was still getting around to my health but yeah. you know i'm glad i still had the parts that i did have yeah but then i started thinking about What about the small, insignificant parts of our lives that we commonly overlook, but they are actually a main source of our daily happiness? Yeah. So, thinking back to that iPad that Jeff bought me, I thought about the Netflix show Daredevil. Okay. And I'm not sure if you've ever watched it. I haven't. But as a comic book fan, and especially of that character, I loved it, not only because it was so masterfully created, but because it was an escape for me. Okay. Because at that time, I was still going into surgery after surgery, times when I couldn't have anything to eat. Oh, wow. So I, was, I would be lucky if I could snag some ice chips to gnaw on during you know before my next surgery right. and i would watch daredevil all the time wow. i thought of how the window in my hospital room was situated in a way where the sun never shined directly into my face even in midday that is a that good sounds, one i know that sounds really random but no, but I get
0: are, that. That is a really good one. Like just that little moment of like, I'm so thankful that I I have the window I can see, but it's not shining right into my face. I love that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that. not only that, but also when you are confined to one space and you are reliant on so many people for so many things,
0: yeah,
1: not having to ask someone for one more thing is actually a blessing. You're asking yes. them for so much already. And then there is the hospital pizza.
0: Okay.
1: Now, Marissa, what I'm is sure your relationship is going. with hospital food?
0: Um, my relationship with hospital food is that it's not great. That is my relationship. That's where I'm gonna finish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we think
1: of hospital, yeah, we think of hospital food on par with like middle school lunch. If, yes, if that, yes, it's yes, that high. Exactly. But the hospital pizza at St. Mary's, the pepperoni pizza in particular, was phenomenal.
0: Oh wow! Okay, it was so
1: good. And maybe it's because I hadn't had pizza in a month when I finally ate it. But that's
0: but still I still have like... that memory. Yep.
1: And that that was something that I really appreciated, and I still do this today. In fact, I tell people to get gratuitous. With their gratitude, and usually when we heard the word "gratuitous," it's in a negative context. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's you got know, to do with like connotations to it. Yeah. those,
1: you know, of the lyrics of that song. You know how in the eighties, you know, uh, you know, like Motley Crue had gratuitous amounts of hairspray. You know, yeah. <laughs> but yep. gratuitous it just means extra.
0: Yeah. You're
1: yeah, like gratuity. With, yeah, like a gratuity, like a tip. Like
0: it's
1: a tip, extra. yeah, exactly. So, so being gratuitous with your gratitude just means you're you're just being a little extra in what you're thankful for. So yeah. I do this all the time. I look around like these scissors. I am thankful for these scissors. Not I mean, not for how they're serving me right right now, but for when I need to cut something into smaller pieces. They are right there, and they work really well. I am thankful for this squeezy brain. Which sometimes, when I'm in a long meeting, I'll grab and I'll not only ex, you know, channel my energy to focus through my hand, but I'm also getting a little exercise.
0: Yeah, I've got. I've, I'm thankful for. I was go just going to say, I, I've got one. I'm, like, I'm thankful for my the French vanilla incense that I burned yesterday because when I walked into this room this morning, it smelled amazing. And I was like, oh, this is such a great start to my morning, smelling like the remnants of this uh this incense from last night. So just when you said that, I was like, I'm really thankful for that incense from this morning.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm thankful for door hinges and yeah. the pins that go into the door hinge. Because you ever try to work with a door hinge that does not work? It is frustrating. <laughs> that so, is frustrating. <laughs> if we go through our lives and think about, wow, how many things do we have that really serve us? Yeah. And, I, and I call this not only gratu- being gratuitous with gratitude, I also call this wearing gratitude goggles.
0: Okay, explain that. Because...
1: have. Have you ever watched the show, uh, the movie Free Guy? Yes. Okay, you've seen Free Guy. Yes. So you know the part where Guy puts on the glasses and his whole world is blown into a, a yes. whole other realm. Because he's seeing all these possibilities that he never saw before. With gratitude goggles, we see all the things that we can be thankful for. I mean, I'm looking at my bookshelf. I ha- you know I have at least you know 200 books on this bookshelf. Most of them I have not read in a while, but I'm thankful for the knowledge they have given me. and yeah. if I need to look up something, they are there to serve me. Yeah. I'm thankful for the screws that keep my lights operational, either you know they, you know, the screw part of the bulb or the fact that the lights aren't falling apart.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think people underestimate those little things, right? I know, I'm just thinking I'm thankful for my desk fan because it's been really hot in South Africa, (laughs) so every time Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I feel like I can't work anymore, I can put it on and it's, you know, cools me down. So it's sometimes I also don't think about those little things that you can be grateful for, but everything I think you can be grateful for it in some way or another, right? For sure. Exactly, I can think of something, everything on this desk, I could think of a way to be grateful for it.
1: Yes. And 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 so, and I want to make, be clear about something, Marissa. I'm not saying these glasses are rose colored. Yes. We're not trying to erase or ignore the negative parts of our lives. All right. When I look at my body, I mean, I I see... Some awesome cosplay options, which I have used <laughs> my skin grafts for cosplay, okay. but I still am I still deal with tightness and the fact that skin grafts do not sweat, so they are cooking right now, okay. especially after had having run for twenty miles, and so there's discomfort every day that I deal with I see. because i'm grateful does not mean the bad things go away but it helps you handle the bad things better
0: yes and i think also hopefully like i think it can help you understand that the bad things in your life are to prepare you for better things to come do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. you need you need to experience certain things sometimes because it's those experiences that are going to help you with your actual purpose or help you teach others or help you you know share your your story with the world and and maybe save someone else which you don't realize at the time but that is why we have to experience these these moments you know fortunately or unfortunately but it it is the way it is
1: yeah, and and the time is with teaching. Yesterday, I was in a social skills class with my students, and a couple of students got into an argument over a misunderstanding, and okay. it was about being a good sport because in the United States this weekend we have the Super Bowl. Right, and I happen to have one person who is a 49ers fan and one person who is a Kansas city chiefs fan.
0: Okay. And
1: we're talking about being a you know, being a good sport and someone, there was a misunderstanding. And I'm, I'm I'm dealing with these two students who are coming from their own experiences of being bullied, but they're missing the, they're, they're not understanding each other, but at the same time, while I'm dealing with that, I'm thankful that 90% of the other students are being patient. Yeah. They're being, you know, understanding, or at the very least, they're not chiming in and adding to the discord.
0: Yes. And so, yes.
1: even while you're dealing with those stressful situations that kids and in they're in their invariably ring to us because they're still growing and changing, we could still be thankful. For all the other things that are going right, and I think that's a great way to help center ourselves when we're in those those times of chaos mm-hmm. or stress. Because if we can keep calm, that's going to help the students keep calm.
0: One hundred percent. Do you use any uh, breathing? Do you use a breathing technique at all, or do you just um, are you pretty well trained now in your mind that you can kind of remain calm?
1: You know, I do sometimes use square breathing. Yes. You know, when so expl- you breathe in that? four beats, breathe yes. out four beats. And, and you imagine a square, you know, you can, you know, breathe up, right? breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. And the deeper you go in, the slow, you know, the the quicker your heart rate slows. Yeah. And there's also four, seven, eight breathing you can use. Uh as in my running, I will I will do a three breath uh, three uh step breath in like when you're every three steps you breathe in, every two steps you breathe out. Um but having that practice, yeah, that breathing practice I do every day when I run. Really does help me stay calmer. The four, and four seven eight
0: is sorry. The four seven eight is that like for four counts? You breathe in for seven and out for eight. I'm not as familiar with that one.
1: It's uh, if I'm remember remembering correctly, it's been a while since I've done it. You breathe in for four. You hold for seven. Oh right, you, hold, you breathe out okay. for eight.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, I find that since I learned breath work. Um, with meditation, it helped so much keeping calm like in classroom situations. And I like that addition of kind of just like taking a second, instead of frustrating yourself and focusing on what is actually you have to deal with here, looking at what could I actually be grateful for as well in this moment? Well, that these kids are, you know, just kind of waiting for me and they're not also adding to the situation. That is definitely something to be grateful for. Yeah, for sure. it's,
1: you know, it. You know when I think of the, you, you ever hear of a, in, in a show where they do Zoom and Enhance?
0: Yes. You yeah, know,
1: yeah. hey, Zoom and Enhance in on that one part of the, with sh- well, that one part of the frame to get the, that vital clue to help us solve the mystery. Yeah. Well, when we are dealing with those situations with students, We're zooming and enhancing. Instead of zooming in and enhancing on that one situation, zoom out. So you can see that, yes, that situation does need to be handled, but it is very small compared to the rest of the picture. Yeah. And I think if we just have a, you know, do a better job of of remembering to see the entire picture, we can see, okay, yeah, I do need to handle this. But it could be a lot worse. And if I see it as a small situation to handle now, it won't get bigger and it will stay smaller if if not just go away, if I can handle it in a professional and calm manner.
0: Absolutely. I think staying calm is like one of the greatest superpowers like a teacher especially can learn in those moments of, of chaos. And I think a lot of people they they associate this whole concept of how gratitude can raise your vibration with a little bit you know maybe too spiritual for them but the fact is that we are made of energy and being grateful it's proven to instantly just raise your vibration to more of a of a positive like i can handle this mindset rather than you know the negative one so i think adding that little bit extra on top of t- staying calm, will help a lot of people. I mean, it. I I would think it's fantastic. I would definitely use it.
1: Excellent. Thank you.
0: <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you as well, Chris, because this led to you writing your book and becoming a speaker as well. So, how um how did you get the idea to write your uh book, which you which is around the tag program? Like the attitude of gratitude for tag.
1: The speaking and the writing didn't come until a few years after my hospitalization. Okay. Because I first wanted to not only fully recover, but I also wanted to make sure that if I was going to tell people you know about my situation and give them advice or give them suggestions on what they should do, I should be. Walking the walk, right. Before I tell anyone else what I should do, so I I improved my my body physically. I worked on, you know, keeping myself calm, making sure that the trauma that I faced because I did face trauma.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. just
1: because I am a speaker and I'm an author does it not mean does not mean that I'm saying well I handled everything. Oh, I I dealt with some stuff, but. I wanted to make sure that before I go on stage, that I was not going to, you know, have a situation that I couldn't handle.
0: Right. And so,
1: after a couple of years, I decided, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to help people out. I didn't choose speaking though at first. Okay, I went into a fitness realm. Uh, I I went to uh, online fitness training because I thought, well. If I, with my mangled body, my as I call myself, an extra from The Walking Dead, okay, if I can look like a you know a half zombie and still do these exercises, I can help other people do it. Yeah. To you know to make a long story excruciatingly short, I realized it wasn't for me. Okay. Not not that the programs were bad, but because it wasn't speaking true to myself. Right, I didn't feel like I was giving my my total truth in that realm. So I pivoted and I started speaking. And I've been a public speaker for obviously all my life. Any teacher is a public speaker. Yes. Even though you may not see it that way, you are speaking to a group. And I've also had stage experience. So I knew that I... I could capture attention. So I started speaking. And I chose to become a professional speaker in January
0: 2020. Wow, amazing. that timing, that year sounds I know. familiar. Great,
1: right? <laughs> yeah. I even had I even had one in-person event that I had that I set up myself at my church. I had 25 people there. It wasn't about my current speaking topic. I I spoke on something else, but I got a speech. I got slides. I had people. I had an audience. Yeah. I delivered the speech. They were mostly, you know, uh, I have no one stormed out. So that's yeah. good.
0: Yes. That's and good. I thought,
1: hey, I'm going to keep doing this. Three weeks later, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> folks. Walls yeah. closed. The moose out front should have told you. <laughs> so, I have the pivot. So I I, I started a podcast that um, you know that I I tied into the YouTube channel I already had existing. Chris D T Gordon, if you want to check it out.
0: Yeah. Put it. We'll put that in the show notes. Oh, okay. Because,
1: yeah, and I and I called the show Scar Bearers.
0: Ooh, I like that.
1: So because I wanted. To tell others tales of trial and triumph. I don't do the podcast interviews anymore because they were distracting me from what I'm doing now. Right. But I absolutely loved every episode I did because it helped me grow as a person, as a professional speaker, and as a human because I learned so many fantastic stories. But back to my journey eventually speaking engagement started opening up both virtually and online yeah. and virtually and in person. So I started, you know, offering to speak at summits. Eventually school started opening up. And a couple of years ago I started penning a story and it was a, it was going to be a memoir. I was going to tell mm-hmm. about my journey of the hospitalization, of the different lessons I've learned, had some gratitude tips in there, but I would start and I'd stop. I'd start and I'd stop. And finally last year, I decided, you know what, if I'm going to get this thing done, I got to get it done.
0: Yeah. Only you can do it, right?
1: Yes. I put pen because I was also waiting for people to give me their, their advice and their feedback and people are busy. Yeah. Unless you're paying them for it. And I was being cheap. So, I mean, and the people I loved and respected, but at the same time, I should also, you know, realize that they're busy and not wait for them. So I decided, you well, know, I'm just gonna, you know, I pull a Thanos. Fine, I'll do it myself. Yeah. So I wrote that. I I wrote it, and I was even able to add in information about my marathon attempt and the subsequent. Failure of my attempt to qualify for Boston, that's in yeah. there. Yeah. And then I, I created a six-month gratitude journal nice. because that was always part of the plan, though. I didn't want to just say, hey, here's my story, buy it. I wanted to say, here, here's my story, buy it. Oh, and by the way, here's six months of practice for you.
0: yes. So if you're as not sure where prompt. to start, here's here's a strategy you can use if you are interested in like implementing a gratitude uh, practice or even up-leveling the gratitude practice that you already have going in your life, right? Then this would exactly. be a perfect, a perfect way to to move forward with that, definitely.
1: Yeah. So I have daily prompts as well as weekly prompts where You go into really, you know, exploring different ways to show gratitude. Like there are pages where you can draw a collage or create a collage with pictures. You can create timelines of different areas. You could talk about things that have failed that you were actually grateful for. Yeah. And being a special education teacher, I could not go without adding some baseline assessments. So I have Explain a baseline that? assessment, Base, yeah, a midterm was... assessment, and a final assessment.
0: Okay. So baseline and... assessments for yourself, right? To like yes. really get to get to feel where you are at in this in this practice. Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah, cool. because you want to see that there's growth being made. Of course. Yeah. So and I and I'm very, I'm very clear that this is not a grade. We're not we're not saying, oh, I'm a C in gratitude. Yes. No. <laughs> this is just looking at where you are at. Where you're at does not does not mean that that is your value as a person. Where you're at is just where you're at on your journey.
0: Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And you know never you know ne- you know never equate the play your your the path the the location on your path with your value as a person
0: 100 because i think people really need to hear that just say that again never equate
1: never never equate your location on your path with your value as a person
0: yeah that's very powerful and so true because i feel like people are so often you know oh i'm not you know lack of self-worth and and all because there's maybe just a mistake that some they've might have made or something didn't go right you know like all these times you're saying I, you have to pivot you have to pivot a lot of people see those moments as almost uh failures right something didn't work i failed and that's actually not what it is and just because there's this moment that didn't quite work out it has nothing to do with your value as a person, right? You're here because you have a purpose.
1: Yes. And I like to tell my students all the time, you win or you learn. Yeah. Never. No. I mean, if, you know, I know people like to say you win or you lose. Well, a loss is a loss. If you, if you fail to take the lesson away because you lost that opportunity to grow.
0: Yeah. But if
1: you, if you take that that situation as a way to learn to better yourself, then you're still winning. May, not, may It may not be in the way you wanted at that moment, but it will pay off in the future. For example, when I didn't qualify for Boston, I didn't just say, well, that was three hours, 16 minutes poorly spent. Yeah, exactly. I, I set a 29 minute personal record I beat my previous marathon attempt by over almost a half hour. Wow. You know how many people would spend thousands of dollars to be able to do that? Plus, I said I was second in my age division, 17th overall. And I learned now what to do in this new next marathon attempt to be more successful.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. So and, it was all meant to go the way that it did. That's the thing, right? It was, and even your mindset, you know, having to reshift your mindset in the hospital got you to now being able to do this marathon and having this more powerful mindset. So that when you run, I I have no doubt that it will be your best time.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Plus, most of the course is downhill. So there's that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, as a runner, I know that that is a definite plus in the in the book. <laughs> yes.
1: Gravity take the wheel.
0: Exactly. So, um, I actually wanted to know, um, Chris, if if you if I were a a teacher and I wanted to get some advice from you about, you know, starting my own business, um, what what would you, what advice would you give me on where to start? Cause I know you are going to, you are teaching, you're fully teaching and having the business. So yes. uh, as a teacher, yeah. What advice would you give a new teacher or would you give a teacher who might ask?
1: I would first ask yourself, what are you passionate about?
0: Mm.
1: Because you could follow all the different trends that they're out there. And trust me, there are a lot of trends out there that people say, Oh, I made money doing this, I made money doing that. But if you're just following the money, you're not going to find yourself on that path very long. Yeah. If you find if you find something that you're passionate about that you will do the dirty work in lovingly, then you will find a way to be successful. And that doesn't mean you're going to become a millionaire doing it. Success holds so many different levels for so many different people. Mm, Like if I, if I said, all right, I just want to speak once in a while and I want to publish a book and just have something for people to be out there. If I, if that were my my example, my definition of success, I would be successful right now. Now, I want to do more than that. Mm -hmm. So I'm on my way to be successful, but I don't discount how far I've come. It is, you know, there's so many, there's so many books that have not been written. That is true. Even more that have not been published. I've already done that. I were, you know, I've already succeeded in that regard. And so I'm going to, you know, but it's because I'm passionate about it. If I weren't passionate about writing, that book would never have seen the light of day. If I weren't passionate about getting in front of a bunch of strangers and potentially showing them my scarred body. Mm or and And telling them how I overcame this horrible situation, if that were too much for me. We wouldn't be talking right now. Yeah. But I'm passionate about helping others with my story and my message. I am not passionate about doing other things like becoming a coach. Yeah, that may change. But because I'm not passionate about it, I don't pursue it. Yeah. Because I know that when things get Things aren't going my way and I'm not getting any traction. I'm not getting any clients that it would be much easier for me to give up because it's, it's not in me to do that right now.
0: Exactly. I know some people who
1: are doing it are, are fantastic at it. And that's, but that's not me right now. I'm a speaker. I'm an author. So I'm going to do that. Yeah.
0: I was just going to say um I think you know you were when you were saying that you originally had gone into the the sort of the fitness space and you knew that it wasn't your passion you could feel it in, inside with that sixth sense I did exactly the same thing like I spent time um trying to you know be a, like a a private I am still a private tutor, but I'm also building my mindset coaching business because I have 10 years experience of, of mindset coaching and I want to specifically help teachers. I love coaching. I coach my friends all the time. I coach, I, I, I'm like a natural coach. I feel very passionate about it, but I've had to pivot several times to get to this point and really know that this is what I want to do. I want to speak. I want to I want to speak motivationally like you in front of teachers and help teachers get overcome these you know, challenges that they might be going through. But it has taken um, it has taken time to feel re- really figure out like that. The passion has to be there. You can't just be yes. in it for um, the money. You have to be in it for the value that you're going to give someone else. Right. And then the money is not about you. Yes, it's not about you.
1: That is a lesson that I I had to learn. And and so many speakers have to learn. They think about, "Oh, I have to make sure I I look this way or my website is just like this and it's not about you. No one no one cares if they can't get value from you."
0: Yes. So you might be the
1: best. Yeah, you might be the best. Underwater basket weaver on the planet, but if no one wants to learn underwater basket weaving, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, or if you can't explain why it's valuable for them to learn underwater basket weaving, or you know, actually bring it forth as something that will benefit them, it doesn't matter, right? They exactly. Don't, um. What, uh, Chris, where is the best place before I get to our final thought questions? Where is the best place to find you online?
1: Well, you could go. To, I try to keep it simple. You could go to chrisdtgordon.com. Okay, that's my website, and there are a lot of ways to uh, connect with my socials. Uh, on YouTube, it's Chris okay. DT Gordon,
0: perfect.
1: Facebook, Chris DT Gordon, Instagram, Chris DT Gordon, LinkedIn, Christopher.
0: Ah, Gordon. okay. Much but uh,
1: I have Chris DT as a nickname there nice. for my LinkedIn, uh, Threads, Chris DT Gordon, TikTok, Chris DT Gordon author.
0: Okay, okay. But, we'll make sure to put those. This... To... Yeah, yeah go ahead. if
1: you were to Google Chris DT Gordon, you'd find me.
0: All right. I mean, yeah. It sounds like definitely we'll find you. Something is going to come up with all of the with all of the socials there for sure, yes. and um. Chris, which uh I'm interested, which public figures do you like to follow for your own personal development? Or do you, yeah, are there any specific influencers that you like in that in that space?
1: Yeah, uh, thank you. That's a great question. There are two in particular I uh I follow and I listen to a lot. One is Brendan Burchard.
0: Love Brendan Burchard, yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah, for those who aren't familiar, he is a high performance coach. He is yeah. the Creator of the Growth Day app, which I also use every day to help keep myself focused on various uh goals and mindsets. He's the author of High Performance Habits, The yeah. Charge, The Motivation Manifesto, and other books. And then someone else I follow is Jen Gottlieb. Oh,
0: okay. She is probably one
1: anytime. of the most successful female public speakers in the world right now. And she and her husband, Chris Winfield, they have this company called Super Connector Media. Okay. Where they help entrepreneurs find, you know, like news media outlets or get on TV and connect with customers, clients, audiences, so they can be successful. And what I love about Jen is that she She is a trained actress. She's been on Broadway. She's been on TV. But every morning, Monday through Friday, she will get on Instagram and go live all while doing her makeup. So it's even before she's in her makeup looking her best, she's yeah. doing her makeup, answering questions, and putting herself out there and being vulnerable. Yes, and I absolutely love that because we see all these visions of perfection, and yes. this actually ties into something I try to tell people. You look at a model in a in a in a uh, TV ad. You mm-hmm. look at a car in a billboard. You look at a hamburger in a magazine ad. How long did it take that model to look that good? And it how is. long is she going to look that good for very long? You know, how I mean, before she takes off the makeup and looks like a normal person. How long before that car gets a ding in its paint and its value plummets? And do you really want to eat that hamburger in that <laughs> ad? I guarantee that... There's some unnatural stuff put in there to make it shine. Some
0: unnatural coloring going on there for sure.
1: Exactly. <laughs> so instead of trying to find or reach after perfection, yeah. which is fleeting at best and maddeningly futile at worst, go for greatness. Be consistent in your efforts, be diligent. Every time you step on that field or step in the classroom and be perseverant during the bad times because there are going to be bad times no matter what you go after. If you are consistent, diligent, and perseverant, you might reach perfection once in a while, but you will always be great. And by doing those Instagram Lives Jen is not only sharing wisdom from her years as a fitness coach, as a TV personality, as a Broadway star, as the an owner of a multi-millionaire, fra- million-dollar franchise, mm-hmm. but she's also sharing as a woman and being vulnerable and letting yeah. other people and know. And being
0: authentic, right? That authenticity yes. of this is who I am. And it's okay to share who you really are because that is what people want. They need that connection, especially in today's world where people are connecting through devices they need to feel like it's a almost a personal connection um and i know that's the thing on on tiktok as well the the doing the makeup because it does feel personal it feels like i'm in there with you i'm sitting there watching you do your makeup while you're talking to me you know yeah and and something she
1: also says that many people have said but i just love it is that never compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 20
0: yeah, that is, that is powerful and very true. No. And a lot of people do that, right? Rather yeah. aspire, rather look, read chapter 20 and be like, okay, this is where I want to get to. Now I need the steps to get there. Right now. Yeah. We'll start. But yeah
1: reverse engineer it. Yeah. So you can figure out your steps to get there.
0: Exactly. I love that. I'm, t- I'm absolutely gonna start uh check out Jen Gottlieb, start following her because she sounds incredible. And, and what I wanna do, right? She's a speaker, that's where I wanna head. So I'm definitely gonna check it out. Yes. Thank you for that. Um Chris, these days, how do you how do you move yourself from if you find yourself in a negative space or a negative mindset, how do you move yourself to a positive mindset? What are your main strategies?
1: Well, you know, I use the gratitude goggles. Yeah. I look around me and say, "Okay, I just got, you know, I got that thank you, but we're going in another direction. Email from a perspective uh, you know, speaking client, a class session didn't go as well as I thought. I quickly look for, "Okay, I pan out. I zoom out and see the whole picture. Well, that person isn't going to let me on their stage. I'll look for another stage or hey, that allows me to do X, Y, or Z on that day. Well, that didn't work out well with that student. Let me see if I can reach out to them when things have calmed down and learn something from them and or find a way to bridge that gap or mend that fence. Yeah. By zooming out and seeing with your gratitude goggles, What is really good in the situation, not just focusing on that one tiny little part of the picture that's bad, you're going to see that there are so many other things going right, even though that one thing went wrong.
0: Yeah, I think I, I, I really love that really resonates with me as well. It's not something I've personally done but I like that idea of zooming out. I, I feel that you could definitely stop yourself for a sec, just zoom out and look at what's really going right into the, into the big picture, right? Like it's like a painting, right? You're not, you don't have yes. to just be this one little section of the painting. Um, and I think that I'm not sure if you have kind of answered this, but I want to hear your ideas anyways. Uh, what is the one thing you do to keep yourself calm? If things suddenly get chaotic, what's your go-to? Is it the breathing or is it something else?
1: Well, I definitely try to take a deep breath. Sometimes when I am busy doing all the things, I will take I will take a deep breath and realize, "Ooh, that burned a little more than it should have. I'm not breathing as deep as I should." So I'll spend a few minute uh, uh, a minute or two taking some deep breaths. I'll do some take a deep breath. Short body work. Okay. Brendan Burchard talks a lot about every 50 minutes taking a designated break. And maybe doing, you know, like doing some hops, doing some yoga poses, uh, do some like uh slapping or tapping like this. So just you know, like just slapping your arms body.
0: basically to wake up the body. Yeah. Just
1: go up and down your body, you know, Okay. just shake things out and, you know, just think about maybe what is something you're looking forward to that day. Yeah, that's good. Like, all right, later on. We're having chili. I love chili. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking forward to having some chili later. Yeah. Or my wife and I are watching a show right now. We're in the middle of you know every night. Every night we watch a, an episode of a show together. All right. Um. Late later on, we're gonna watch episode ten of this.
0: Yeah, like shifting by, a bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah, by, by shifting forward to something positive. Again, it's a bit of that zooming out. Yeah. But. It it changes your focus and it helps you see, well, okay, this situation is bad now, but it's not gonna last. Yeah. It's gonna pass. Life will go on. And, you know, it's like when I was talking to my students yesterday about the Super Bowl. 90% of the people are not gonna remember who was in the Super Bowl six months from now. Yeah. Only the only the fans and really die hard football. You know, football following, and maybe, maybe
0: the, the maybe all the Swifties. Yeah, I think yeah, that's the yeah. only reason I know who's playing. <laughs>
1: okay, <laughs> because all right. I like Taylor that, Swift. That's great. That's awesome. <laughs> and then, really quick for three seconds, I'm happy Taylor Swift is bringing attention to this because it's sh- it's showing a lot of people need to grow in a lot of areas.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm just gonna say that. But going back to that forward thinking by looking forward to what's going to happen in the future helps us really see the size of the issue we have now.
0: Okay. That's powerful. I love that. Yeah, that's absolutely, I, I like the way that um, you're putting it, like to to think of it that way in terms of, you know, just taking that step back and really shifting your, your mind. And I would also add on one of the things I feel, especially with teachers, that you have to be so careful of is getting sucked into a negative space on social media. So, you know, following someone on Instagram and then they have a post that happens to have like a lot of teachers just talking badly about something. And it's easy to go through and start reading, but it just takes you right into that negative space because you're seeing all of these people that are having a really bad day. And that's not what you want. You actually need, if you're going to go on social media, you need to start trying to train your algorithm to bring you more positive posts and comments and so that you can go through those comments and feel good. Right.
1: Or or not scroll at all.
0: Or not scroll at all. That's yeah, the other way. Sometimes
1: one. you have to remind <laughs> you have to tell yourself, I am not a scroller. Yes. I am not a scroller. And once you catch yourself doing that, and you say I am not a scroller. Oh, that's right. Click away. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, listen. atomic habits, right? Change just exactly like, just change that one one piece. Like, this is not me. This is not what I do. Um, yeah. and and last thing, Chris, uh, this will be super easy for you. What three things are you grateful for today?
1: Today, I'm grateful for my wife for allowing me, among other things, to go for a 20 mile run this morning. I am thankful for my Altra shoes, which have a zero drop in the heel and a wide toolbox not crush my pinky toes. And I'm thankful for my tag sweatshirt. This is a, a sweatshirt I made for my speaking engagements, not only because it shares my message on it, but it is so comfy. It's oh my goodness! I'm gonna take a nap after this, and I'm gonna sleep in this. I'm gonna sleep in this sweatshirt.
0: <laughs> do it. I love. I love this sweatshirt. I love that you're you're getting some merch now. So I'll have to, um, yeah, definitely put. Well, we'll put all your links in the show notes. So if people want their own comfy, comfy tag sweatshirt, they can just uh, no
1: if reach one. out to me. Uh, I don't have a, a store right now, but I'm, I'm I can get one to you if you want one.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll definitely, yeah, no, we, we'll have to, I'll keep, we'll keep each in touch so that when your store does come to fruition, then uh, we'll, I'll definitely be ordering a tax sweatshirt for sure. Sounds great. Um, Chris I just want to say I am so incredibly grateful for you coming on this podcast and uh and YouTube and sharing your incredible story and the the guidance that I that you are giving people on how to approach their life in a different way like I just really appreciate you know how you are really changing the lives of so many people out there so I I wish you the most prosperous and successful 2024 and of course the utmost, success with your marathon on the 4th of may i'll be thinking about you and yeah just best 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 of luck with that and in all your endeavors thank you so much
1: well thank you marissa and thank you uh, for serving teachers in this way you know we think that teachers need support inside the classroom but they also need support outside the classroom because you know the best teachers are always thinking about teaching and we should also remember that teachers are human, and we need to serve the entire teacher, not just the one that handles the curriculum. So thank you so much for having this platform. Thank you.